Welcome back to Let's Talk About It, a podcast series by This New Ground. Celebrating the voices and experiences of adults with learning disabilities. I'm Labaki Anasari. And I'm Faisal Yusuf. And we are members of This, this New, New Grounds Collective. In our last episode, we were talking to playwright Ben Weatherill about his production of Jellyfish, which is being revived at the National Theatre in July 2019. During our conversation, Ben asked us our opinion on what we believe the theatre industry could do better and our answers went a bit like this. Let it be run by people with special needs and give us the right support. Get people with learning disabilities making the decisions. Later on in today's episode, we'll be joined by the wonderful stand-up writer and co-founder of Tourette's Hero, Jess Tom. Together, we'll be talking about how the theatre can become more inclusive. Before introducing Jess, we thought it'd be a great idea to open this conversation up to the other members of our collective and hear their thoughts on what theatre means to them. What does theatre mean to you? You get, um, you can do drama and um, do express, you can express yourself and have, have create, do create stuff. And it means, personally, it means bringing characters to life. It means a lot because people coming together. Theatre means to me about having fun, enjoying what you do, showing off your talents and um, just working together as a team and also getting to know the other actors that are acting with you. It means everything to me. I really like theatres. I like the people. I like theatre. It's about knowing people. Tell us about a piece of theatre that you've seen that made an impression on you. I enjoy jellyfish. Like fish. Me and mine. I think girls I'm pregnant. The girls just know when it kills her, they said, no. I can't remember how she can't do anything. She says, no, I can't make pregnant. I says, no. She's not pretending. She's not. Yeah, I enjoy it. Jenny Seagull, I think it piece of it all because it made me realise how the girl felt when her mum not allowing her to move away with her boyfriend and when her mum was angry at her about her hadn't me and had no boyfriend, how it made her feel. The, the character Kelly, she was saying, the mum was telling her, oh, be careful and you can't do this, you can't do that. And Kelly was telling the mum, oh, I can't do that, yeah, I can, I'm able. That's what my mum used to say to me, yeah. But <laughs> she used to say that to me, I'm not able, but yeah, yeah. I, I, only, I don't, I don't, um, I don't watch it the whole food. I watch it a bit and then I get a bit. I get a bit annoyed, and then I, I say I, I say it's not good, and I go in it. So, 
it's, it's good that I see jellyfish and I stayed there and I liked it. Whole whole show and I liked it and I enjoyed it. I do remember a jellyfish. I just didn't think it was really funny and the challenger told was told telly like me probably a hard one but I would probably have to say Mamma Mia I love Mamma Mia because it's music and I did like the songs in it why is theatre important? Theatre is important because you make people achieve something. Theatre is important because it's an, it's an opportunity that you never done before. It makes people happy. Yeah, I, I, I think theatre is important. So I can show people what I can do. Because I like the people. It can change people's minds. I think it's because um, it gives people a chance to express themselves. Tell us about your experience of making theatre. Uh, I made a play called Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. Uh, I played um, no um, Romeo, Romeo's friend, you know, Romeo's mate, Lucutio. Yeah, I played there. Yeah. It's quite overwhelming because I, I, I grew. I was nervous. I was nerv. I was nervous, and I didn't know. What, I didn't know what to expect. And the teacher was. I, I got a bit. Um, yeah, cause, because because people was all like crowded around me, touching me and that, and I, I, I did like that. And I said, "Oh, courage! Oh, you could do it." And I got a bit nervous, and the teacher calmed me down. And then I, I did my role. I got nervous again. Then, then I practiced it, practiced it. Then it was quite good because I, I read my lines and then, uh, and then I rehearsed it, and it was quite good. I make a show called Tears of Joy. I quite like doing the show because I find it more helpful to focus on what I'm doing, and the audience loved it. Make me feel fantastic. I performed in the choir and I felt okay and a bit nervous at the same time, but I wanted to do it because it's an opportunity in the lifetime. I made the moving play. I liked doing it. It was Awesome. When the audience, when uh, the audience came, it was very surprising. It made me feel excited. I make a show, time step. I play the magician. My experience of making theater is when I make theater, I am I'm happy doing theater because that's what I know and love and also when other people do theatre with me it makes me 
We're happy to see that they're happy. I made a, a, um, a, um, a movie play and it was really easy for, for me. Can theatre change the world? Yes. Yes. People can make different. Well, that's a tricky question. Well, actually, they can, but we we have to do some more performance so that we can get more people involved from outside in the community to inside. Because that way, that we they won't be left alone. Like, like if they want to, if they get upset, they will come and see what we're doing. It certainly changed me. So, I do not see a reason why it can't change the world. Yeah, I think I think theatre can change the world because um, cause it can it can get people off the streets. Yeah, and and yeah, and change their life. Yeah. And, yeah, for the better, I think, yeah. Is there anything the theatre industry can do better? No, it just needs more shows. They need more funding so more people can get involved. What I would say is it would be good for them to include people, a lot more people with learning disabilities and so it will encourage a lot more people to come and do theatre. Theatre can be better in that they can be better involving more people with learning disabilities to have a shot to make theatre and actually be in a theatre. What kind of theatre would you like to see and make? I would like to make musical and comedy, not something that's quiet. I think I would like to see a few more pantos because that gets people actually involved. I like to make something like jellyfish. I like to because it was so sad and happy. I want to see my music in the theatre. I like to be a musical. I then make a musical just like for Frozen. Yeah, I want to be gangster theatre, yeah, because um, there's a lot of fear. There's a lot of fears because they don't, they got, they don't, um, they don't, um, what do you call it? Um, no fools and horses. They do that theatre. They're doing that theatre now. Fools and they're doing fools and horses theatre now. Cause I, cause I used to watch it on TV now. They're doing it on theatre now. That's quite good. So I thought, yeah, why don't they make a gangster, <laughs> gangster theatre? Cause then I don't think they they won't do that. I want to make my own version of Wicked. Hello. Yeah. Yes. Of course. <laughs> I do. That's good. What's your name? I'm a girl. Yeah. I should tell you straight away, let's get that I have Tourette's syndrome, which you know, yeah. which means I make movements and noises I can't control called tics. It means that I will say biscuit and hedgehog a lot. It also means that I'll talk randomly about tortoise porn, which I know nothing about. Okay. But I wanted to ask something. Mm-hmm. 
because I have so far only have quite sensitive to so if that happens and we have a little giggle. That's want totally to fine. Because what you said on the video, I just wanted to double mm-hmm. check because yeah. I didn't want you to feel that way. No, I'm and totally happy for you to laugh. Um, as well, so. Yeah. But the if, you, just, if you want us to stop this, let us know. No, no, I'm totally happy. It's Lots of them can be really funny and it yeah. feels weird not to. So I okay. think it's the next, na- I would say respond naturally. So if yeah. something is really shocking, you're allowed to be shocked. If oh, something yeah. is really funny, you're allowed to laugh. Um, biscuit, um, but we can also ignore all the biscuits because if we concentrate on them, then mm. we will just get really hungry. I've just realised that my wheelchair is quite squeaky. It needs a good oiling. It's a good bank holiday activity. Wheelchair maintenance. And WD-40. WD-40, sausage dog oil. <laughs> sausage dog oil. oil. No, that'd be interesting. Where are you going to get a sausage oil? Sausage. sausage. Oil. <laughs> oil. <laughs> sausage oil salesman. Sausage. Okay, we'll, we'll get you some sausage later on. Yeah, okay, good. I think sausage is suddenly replacing biscuit today, so imagine okay. that sausage is like biscuit. I'm, I'm totally not hungry. Okay. <laughs> at the moment. <laughs> cool. Uh, biscuit. Thank you for joining us today. I'm really happy to be here. Hedgehog. We love the name of your company. And are you a real-life hero? And tell us more. Biscuit, yes. So my company is called Tourette's Hero uh, Biscuit. And the idea behind the name is that for a long time, I just thought about my tics as a problem. Um, but then I had a conversation with my friend and the co-founder of Tourette's Hero, Matthew, that helped me understand that they're not my problem at all. They're my power. He, Biscuit, described Tourette's as a crazy language-generating machine and told me that not doing something creative with them would be wasteful. And for some reason, I was able to hear that sentence in a different way, and it really got into my brain and my thoughts and my mind and helped me think about my body and my experiences more creatively. So going from something that had always felt really difficult and I'd find it hard to talk about Tourette's without tears... I suddenly realised, Biscuit, that Tourette's means that I collide unusual unusual ideas together to create uh, new ideas, uh, words, phrases, and often, lots of the times, they're funny or visual or imaginative. Biscuit, fuck a goat. Um, That's less imaginative. Sausage dog. Biscuit, I I, I want to put an ice cream inside a laundry basket. Whoa. That would be messy. You did what? <laughs> I didn't really do that. Interesting. I put milk in the cupboard. What? Did you? Yeah. Biscuit. So I suppose to, I say Tourette's is my power because it gives me access, Biscuit, to a spontaneous creativity that I wouldn't have otherwise. Nice. So you're like a Biscuit. real life super uh, supergirl. Biscuit. Yeah. And I suppose the the superhero bit is about is about recognizing that and understanding something that lots of people would just see as a a problem problem and saying no it's part of who i am it's part of what makes me a creative human being and makes me special yeah and not even just unique unique it definitely makes me unique and that we all have powers it's just we have to find what those powers are and then we have to work out how to use them because it's not always clear how we should use our talents and skills um 
but it's about making sure that everybody knows that they have the power to change things that aren't working for them. Sometimes it's easy, particularly as a disabled person, to feel quite powerless. So understanding that we all have power to create change and to not tolerate being treated badly um, or not being not tolerate being given opportunities to participate. We have that power. Sometimes we just need a bit of help to find it and use it. Sausage. Biscuit. Do you have any powers? Me, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I got, I'm, I'm good at, um, uh, I don't know. Um, I know I'm, that I'm good at uh, singing and doing the uh, creative things like drawing and singing and acting and stuff. Mm. And if you could, <laughs> if you could make changes in the world around you, what would be the, what would be the big changes that you'd want to? We would run make? the world. Well, run the world. <laughs> yeah. so we'll turn it around. The able-bodied people would be the disabled ones. <laughs> cool. yeah. We would, we would take over. Yeah, I think it's, I often, I often try, like, I think that people, everybody benefits from when you think about bodies and minds differently. Sometimes we make, the world is made with this idea that there, there's just one type of person and their body and mind works in a very particular way. But the reality is that we're all very different from each other and all bodies and minds like work in different ways at different times in their lives that flexibility just feels like it's there in us but it's not in the spaces and the things that we make so i think we should just make things more flexibly sausage on the on the Tourette's hero website it says your work is about reclaiming the most misunderstood syndrome on the planet what do you mean by Reclaiming. Reclaiming. So lots of people have heard about Tourette's Biscuit. They know the word Biscuit, but most of what they know is based on myths and stereotypes. Biscuit, often they just associate it with swearing or they think it's something because, like they think it's because you're nervous or because you're bad. So there's a lot of people who make stuff about Tourette's who don't have Tourette's, who use it for a sort of cheap, easy joke. Um, but actually, there are lots of things about having Tourette's that are funny or surreal, or the experiences that I have in the world um, can be quite funny. But none of that was reflected in the things that I saw. So we reclaiming is about taking back that laughter and owning that laughter and say, I'm in charge of where that laugh is. I can tell you what's funny and what's not funny. And you can share that laughter with me but you don't get to use that laughter against me. And sometimes I think it's people say that, that there is a difference between being laughed at by someone and sharing a joke with people and laughing together. And sometimes people say that the line between those things is really blurred. But as someone who's sort of experienced lots of laughter, both because my tics are funny, let's get, and because sometimes in public places people laugh at me, I can't think of a single time in my whole life where I haven't been sure if someone's laughing at me uh, and taking yeah taking the mickey out of me or if we're enjoying the humour together. So I think that actually you often know that. Lots of people will know that quite instinctively. Some people maybe it's harder to tell because of how their brains work. But I think that laughter and joy is a really powerful way of bringing people together and connecting people. But sometimes... Maybe it's something that's not used a lot because people worry about um, feeling like they're trivialising, like t not taking something seriously. Interesting. Mm. That, is, that, that is very... Uh, Sausage! Strong statement. <laughs>
Even with the sausage. Even with the sausage, yeah. The sausage yes. is like a punctuation. Yeah, it's like <laughs> an exclamation mark. It is a bit, isn't it? Yeah. Hedgehog. I just biscuit. put a little uh, dollop of ketchup underneath yeah. it. Yeah, I'm very sausagey today. <laughs> yes. <laughs> cool. Um, Cat. My experience of theatres, I, 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 uh, apart from the moving play, I've also, I'm also part of a drama company called um, Blue Sky Actors in Stratford. I, I joined them at uh, in 2016, so we've done a few few theatre, few pantomimes, and uh, I've done a film uh, as well with uh, with them. So I've I've always I've always uh, felt welcome. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I've been in places where pe- people uh, are very friendly and mm-hmm. kind. Yeah. How to? I don't think there's ever been a time where I've not felt welcome unless there's that there's that sort of atmos- atmosphere mm-hmm. when you go into a place and you go, mm. ooh, don't like the vibe. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, I tend to try and maybe avoid those places a bit. Yeah, I know, but yeah. uh, until you go there, you wouldn't Don't know. Don't know, yeah. Yeah, so that. so you'd be at the entrance and go, sorry, I don't don't like the vibe of this, out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting, isn't it, how the, the really small things can send us messages about mm. whether there's a nice vibe or not, or whether we're welcome or not. Mm. And I think sometimes within theatre there's this idea that to be to to give something attention and to be focused looks the same for everybody so that you can only be paying attention if you're still and quiet well for me if I'm still and quiet I am not paying attention because I'll be doing everything I can to control my body and to and that will be uncomfortable exactly. so I think we just have to I think not just theatres but all public and cultural spaces just need to get better at understanding the realities of people's bodies and it's all right to go to the toilet if you need it and you know when we're dealing with even adults during the show. even during the show because it's I would much rather somebody got up and went to the toilet than sat being uncomfortable and not able to and concentrate on yeah exactly so okay when's the interval yeah sorry bye <laughs> exactly and I think that I think for me as a performer that the being comfortable in that space is about being able to creatively get into whatever is on stage or whatever is being presented. And it's like, if people don't feel cared about and don't feel like looked after, then they're not gonna be able to really get inside the, 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 the ideas of the show. And I think there's a big difference between taking a creative risk and doing something or watching something that you might or might not like or that feels a bit challenging and taking a risk with something that's part of who you are, so part of your identity. And it's like, I want people to take creative risks, but I don't want anyone to be taking a risk with something that is a big part of who they are. Sausage. Okay. Uh, We've heard about the work you are doing with the Battersea Battersea Arts Centre, supporting them to become a relaxed venue. Mm. What is a relaxed venue? It's not where you wear your pyjamas, sadly, <laughs> although you, maybe you could. So there's a big movement within theatre called relaxed performance, which they're performances that take a relaxed approach to noise and movement 
coming from the audience and understand that people might make noises or and people can go in and out of the theatre if they need to so they can go to the toilet at any time um, and they often give information before the show so that um, often using words and pictures so that you have an idea of what's going to happen and if there's going to be any loud noises they basically a way of relaxing the rules just a little bit so that people can be more comfortable but I got a bit frustrated because it was like they were happening as single performances lots of theatres had lovely stuff about relaxed performance on their website but then weren't holding any. And so I started to wonder what if instead of single performances, like one every, you know, every few months, what would happen if a venue made everything they do relaxed and understood that people's bodies and minds were different for everything and therefore just embedded and took a relaxed approach to everything. So at Battersea Arts Centre, we got a disabled artist, we commissioned a disabled artist to make a really lovely chill-out space. So there's a permanent biscuit chill-out space in the building for anyone who needs to rest or have some time out with like weighted blankets and space to lie down and you can control the lights. Um, we also going to make sure that we give information in multi-sensory ways, so giving it using um, audio, uh, giving maybe giving it in so that screen readers, so people can have it read out to them, giving it in making sure all videos are captioned, so that that understands that people need to get information in different ways. So a relaxed venue just just is the simple difference between assuming everyone does things the same way, and understanding that we all do things differently. And, and create, trying to create no new barriers. So understand that you might inherit some old barriers, so, but you won't create new ones. So it's sort of opposite to the cinema where, you know, before when you go to a cinema, it so, says, yes. don't make your own noises, make sure your mobile's off, make sure that uh, uh, you don't um, uh, eat your crisps too loudly to disturb anyone around you and all that. Yeah. It's, you it's, know the, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's like of, the opposite of that. Kind of like yeah, the rules. yeah, or just just <laughs> relaxing the rules. So allow, like, understanding that, like, the same rules won't work for everybody. So they need to be a bit flexible. And also, theatre doesn't fall apart if you relax the rules. I think often people think, well, if we don't have these rules, people will behave badly and there'll be anarchy. That's not my experience. It just acknowledges that people are human beings and theatre is live. And theatre is exciting because it's live and there's a group of people sharing an experience together. But if one of them needs to go to the toilet, the world isn't going to fall apart. <laughs> and the show and isn't going to fall apart. And uh, it, might have been, it might have been like Fat. that in the... Cool. Uh, it might have been like that in the 1920s, you know, when people used to go to the opera or something. So we're in 2019 now, so at least relax at least half, if not all, the rules Biscuit. in yeah. there. And I think it's understanding <laughs> that with rules like that, it assumes that you're able to be quiet or you're able to be still. And it assumes that that is the only way to enjoy a show. And we're not saying that you have to make that people, but often they won't. They won't necessarily seem that different to people don't, who don't have it as an access requirement. But if you do have it as an access requirement, the difference is huge. For me to be able to look at a theatre's program and know that I can go to anything without having to phone up and explain my condition in detail and do lots of special arrangements, to be able to just look and book tickets and go equally to a non-disabled person would be radical. And at the moment, I can't do that in any theatre in this city or anywhere else. 
because I and feel safe because people, because theatres are often not made for people who wiggle about and make noise. Sausage. Sausage. <laughs> but everybody should have access to art and culture. It's like what I was saying earlier about about um, the theatre being run by us. People yeah. with special needs. Because then what you just said about us chilling out, then that can be put into practice all the time. And yeah. if the able-bodied people don't like it, then they need to go. <laughs> well, there, there, there is an element of that, that's, that non-disabled people are used to having their... are used to not thinking about their bodies, taking mm. their bodies for granted, taking their silence for granted. And sometimes there's an idea that that's the right like that's the right way to do things but it's not like one in five people in the UK identify as disabled so we're not talking we're talking about something that affects loads of people and will touch people's lives in loads of different ways so actually it makes sense for us all to like if you've got a body or a mind the chances are you will experience disability at some point in your life biscuit Thoughtfully considering what that might mean can make a big difference if your circumstances change. And too often, as a society, we're bad at talking about disability, and that means that people get damaged. And the arts are beautiful places for talking about for talking about things that might be difficult in creative ways. Fuck it. We believe that people with learning disabilities should have more options to make theatre. Do you think this is a good idea? Yes, it's an essential idea. Absolutely, right now, really, a hundred percent. Yes, um, biscuit. Um, yes, I think that there's a real problem within um, the disability arts movement, sort of internationally. That often dis- learning disabled people's voices have often been excluded, um, and I think that that everybody misses out from that. Um, I love being in rooms where there are learning disabled people because it makes everything better. Um, so often in the arts sort of the language and ideas get clouded by loads of extra fluff and people's egos and I think that having to think about how you present things and work for different types of body and brain is really important for all of us Um, and learning disability culture is rich and varied and learning disabled people have so many interesting ideas and perspectives to offer to the world it's essential that there are more opportunities for them within theatre and we need to break this down this idea this hierarchy of brains the idea that you have to be able to talk fluently about your work to be a good artist that's rubbish there are going to be people that can talk brilliantly about their work and people who are quieter or need more support in that area but learning disabled people should be our directors and our writers as well as our performers they should be our programmers they should be leading our they should be leading our buildings i can't wait to have an arts venue or a theater run by a learning disabled person how can we as disabled artists disrupt and uh, inspire change Take up space. We need to start <laughs> taking some space and taking some space. Well, back. we are, yeah. Taking Take it, it back. back. Taking it back and then using it in different ways. And what I think we have to be careful to do is not to repeat and replicate the same sort of systems and damaging systems that have impacted on us. We have to think about do things differently. So not just taking power and doing things in exactly the same way, but sharing out opportunities and power and making a more equal world because that 
is what I want to be part of. Thank you, Jess, for coming. Thank you for having me. It's been so fun. Uh, we really hope that we get the opportunity to um, collaborate with you one day. Yeah, me too. We could, we could do a big show about sausages and biscuits and hedgehogs and everything else. Let's do it. A musical. Yeah. Let's go. Sausage dogs and musical. I just, I just want to say as well, I just, thanks to you, I just created a recipe in my head. Yeah. Oh God, help us all. <laughs> We should do some sort of Power Rangers. Did I find a power of sheepdogs? Let's get Come on, let's end the podcast with a group bar. Biscuit. Biscuit. I think. I think I would say that that the other thing, the other really important message is that sometimes you will hit barriers. Sometimes there will be disappointments. It's not giving in to those ideas and knowing that our creative presence in the world makes is, makes a difference and is valuable. And uh, barriers are just hurdles, you just over, uh, jump over them. Yeah, or smash them down, or yeah. reconfigure them into something beautiful. A big thank you to Lara and the Lyric Hammersmith for the use of their recording studio. And Natalie and Joe for their support of making this podcast. And to this Newgrounds Collective for sharing their thoughts and opinions with us today. To find out more about our work, please visit our website www.thisnewground.com and follow us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram at This New Ground UK. Why not tweet about our podcast using the hashtag Let's Talk About It podcast. This project is supported by Arts Council.